We'll be on in a moment. We're going, we're going to John 6, just so you all know. We'll give you a heads up. <clears throat> Good evening, church. Certainly, thank you. Glad to see all of you here tonight in person. And those of you who are online, obviously you see me. I cannot see you, but we're glad that you're with us tonight. And... Um, uh, following along with us tonight, we're continuing our study, uh, falling in love with Jesus, and we're going to John six in just a moment. But prayerfully, as I said, I think last week uh, something is being said, scriptures are being read that will help to uh, increase our faith and our love for God. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Great God, we praise Your holy, divine name, and thank You so very much. Thank you for your kindness and for your compassion. Thank you for this day, another day that you've given us, allowing us to study your word together as a church family. Help us, Lord God, to glean from your word, understanding that will give us the strength to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Bless us, Lord God, to continually fall in love with you, to fall in love with your son and with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mercy and for your grace. These things we pray and thank you for. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6. God um, is and does everything that we will ever need or want from a spiritual standpoint, as well as uh, those who desire godliness, God is it, right? God is everything. And so tonight, uh, John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Um, you, you've walked into a bakery or your own home. Maybe your home's a bakery. You've walked into your own home or to a bakery and, and you smell that, that aroma of bread, freshly cooked. Uh, bread, baked bread, and uh, how good it is and how sweet it is when you receive that bread. Like we go to uh, places and you can enjoy bread physically, right? Who who here does not, does anyone have a yeast issue or a bread? Can you all eat bread? Everyone? Raise their hand. No? Yeah, everybody likes bread, right? Um. You can eat bread with almost everything, right? I mean, bread, bread, right? Bread is everything. Bread is everywhere, right? There's just something about bread. John 6, verse 32. Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, therefore, to the Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. When, when we read these scriptures, you know, Jesus wants us to, to use our imagination and think about it for just a moment. Bread, right? Um, 
He says, if you eat of my bread, you will never hunger. You will never thirst. And when we read these scriptures, I wonder sometimes, how many of us really believe that? How many of us can really take the, the, the scripture and the mind and transition from the physical to the spiritual? And then ask yourself, do you have any spiritual needs or wants that, number one, you haven't found in Christ? And is there, is there anything missing? And if you say, yes, I haven't grown the way I would like to grow, Jesus says, I've given you the bread. you got to eat it. Right? And that, 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 that's it. It's all here. Turn to Matthew, please. Chapter, chapter 5. Everything that you could ever want or need in this life is Jesus. That takes a while to get to that point, to believe that. Right? It takes a while to get to the point where that's what you need and what you want. We really want Jesus, all of Jesus, more of Jesus. I can't get enough of Jesus. And the reason? The world tugs on us, tugs on us. Our mind tugs on us and tugs on us. And the promise in Matthew 5 and verse 6 is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Anyone that desires Jesus will be satisfied. That's a promise. So the question tonight is, how satisfied are you with God? And then you could take it to another level and ask, how satisfied is God with you? That's a good question. Right? The bread of life, the the word bread is, is almost, if you will, synonymous with the word food. If you go somewhere and you ask for food uh, on, on all seven continents, all throughout the, the globe, you, you'll find that, um, you know, bread is a staple food, no matter where you go. And in some places they call it uh, different by different names, but it's still bread, right? And it's something that sustains you. And when there is no meat, bread sustains you. And then when you have a full plate, bread still sustains you. And it's tasty. And you can do a lot with it. You can do so much with bread. You can make, you know, casseroles and not casseroles without bread, right? Some kind of breadcrumb, bread pudding, pizza. I mean, you, you, pizza, boy, you, you just name it. And you can do so much with, with bread. And Jesus says, you can gain a good understanding of the physical stuff. But how many of us can gain a good understanding of the spiritual stuff. And that's what's important. And so falling in love with Jesus tonight, the idea of realizing that God has so set these things up in such a way to where God himself gives himself. And that was very difficult for people to accept. And we'll come back to that in, uh, in just a moment. Because they were so fixated on the mind, uh, the, the physical rather, they could not move to the spiritual. It's very difficult. Uh, let's go back to Exodus. The bread from heaven. You've read this in chapter 16 where uh, Jesus uh, is speaking of this particular passage where the people murmured right, against God because they weren't, in their mind, being satisfied. They weren't being filled up. So, 
They wanted to be filled up. They said, God, give us meat. You know, give us food. Give us this. They were very demanding. But God blessed them. In the beginning of verse 1, Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions. Isn't it interesting when you read in the Bible that the minds of humanity, really we really haven't changed much? You know, we, we grumble and we grumble and we start thinking about uh, what it used to be like. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember when, and, and when, then we think about what it's like now. Uh, even right now, we're thinking about the times that we, um, we've gone before the masks. And we're saying, you know, how long is God going to allow us to go through? We blame God for so much. Anything we don't like, right? Anytime that we're inconvenienced, just a little bit, you know, it's like, doesn't God love us? It's just interesting. It's amazing, the shift. The shift is always try to find a way to blame God for my inconveniences, not for my struggle. I just don't like being inconvenienced, right? And, and we, we're kind of spoiled. We have um, everything's about our conveniences, right? We don't have to go anywhere. Uh, nowadays, they deliver our food to us. Um, if you want to go and grab something, you don't want to go to a large grocery store, you go to a convenience store. I mean, everything's about convenience. It's all about me, right? You know, you got a toaster oven instead of an oven. You know, we condense big things down to smaller things. They were, they said, we used to eat in Egypt meat to the full, bread to the full. But the reality is that it wasn't true. In Egypt, in Egypt, they suffer. They were, they were slaves in Egypt. But it's interesting how they, they found the opportunity because they were inconvenienced to blame God for uh, their struggles. And so God, instead of, um, Dealing with them uh, as he, as uh, maybe, um, as one of us might have wanted to, he, he shows kindness and patience toward them. And this is what he does. In verse 21, same chapter. And they gathered morning by morning, every, every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. This is bread. Now it came about on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two armors for each one, when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is the Sabbath. Observe a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning. And Moses had ordered it, um, excuse me, as Moses had ordered it, and did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will find it in the field. Six days you shall, excuse me, today you will not find it in the field as a Sabbath day. 
Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. And it came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the Lord rested on the seventh day. So here's the, the greed of humanity. They just couldn't keep the law. They refused to keep the word of God. And God kept t- he continually took care of them. He gave them bread. The bread didn't spoil. Uh, it was as much as they could eat. It was plenty. It was physical food. Right? So the Old Testament, an easy way to distinguish, to separate the two out. The Old Testament is more about the physical. The New Testament about the spiritual. And that's why the Old Testament is so important to read and to study. Because we can relate to the Old Testament. We can relate to baking bread. We can relate to doing different things with bread. We can relate to that because we eat it, we, we need it, we, 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 we talk about it, we enjoy it, we have fellowship around it. We understand physical bread. Why is it so difficult to understand the spiritual bread? We, we love the physical bread. Made in different ways. Why is it so hard to love the spiritual bread? Look back at John chapter 6, please. So Jesus goes all the way back and says, Okay, you, you, you listeners, I want to take your mind back to the physical bread. That which is, is sustaining you for just a time, a short time. So that you can understand what I mean when I speak to you about spiritual things. But brethren, they had a really hard time maneuvering their minds from the physical over to the spiritual. And in John 6, beginning at verse, I don't know, um, 26 or so. Yeah, about 26. he He starts bringing them over in this lesson and saying, okay, it's almost like it's a test. You know, all right, so let's see if I can get you to think about the physical stuff. Can I get you to think about the spiritual stuff? Let's see. So in verse 32, again, he says, Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of, the, out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. It's not Moses. It's not a man you got to get off the physical. you got to move over to the spiritual. Right? Moses, it appeared to them, because he was God's workman, God's spokesman, gave them bread, even though it came from heaven. Jesus said it wasn't Moses. It was the Father. So I need you to get this. From the physical to the spiritual. The bread that Moses gave was enough to bless them to live. But at the same time, they died. Jesus says, I'm going to give you bread that will bless you to live. And though you die, you will still live. So look down at verse 41. 
The Jews, therefore, were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. Oftentimes, instead of getting the message that Jesus is trying to reveal to, to us, we find ourselves grumbling. You ever, you ever been in a Bible study where uh, we, we, people began to talk about becoming a Christian? And you say, well, you know, if I become a Christian, there's so many things I can't do anymore. <laughs> I just can't do this, I can't do that, right? Just start grumbling about salvation. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But but you get salvation in, in return. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful to give up some of these physical things for the spiritual? But no, no, we, I don't want to give those things up. I'm not ready yet. You may have some folks on the fence now, some folks right now on the fence saying, well, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I know, I get it, I understand it, but I'm just not ready yet. What are you waiting for? But you can't convince them because truly in their minds, they're stuck in the flesh. They're just, they're not ready. And so you have to back away and, and, and you know, it, it is what it is. And they, and they don't surrender to Jesus. They don't surrender to the waters of baptism, though they know they're lost. Now, now, get it, they don't want to be lost. They don't want to die lost. But they want their cake and eat it too, right? You know, you heard the young folks say it. You know, um, I remember I even thought about it uh, when uh, I started learning the Bible. Well, wait a minute. Now I understand about Jesus a little bit more. Why don't I wait, have all my fun, and then get baptized like, like the old people did, <laughs> right? But that's, that's not how this works. You don't know when you're going to die, right? So Jesus is trying to give this, this understanding that I am the bread out of heaven that you eat this bread, you, you live, you'll be satisfied, and though you die, you'll live again. Uh, you eat the bread of Moses, the bread that came out of heaven from the Father, you, you eat that bread and you'll, you'll die physically. There was no spiritual attachment to it. So again, the Old Testament is more about the flesh, and the New Testament is more about the spirit. But the Old Testament brings our minds to a reality and an understanding of the physical things which prepares us to receive or consume the spiritual things. So Jesus goes on into this spiritual lesson in verse 48. I'm skipping around because we don't have time to read all of it. But listen, verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven... If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now, right now, they're through. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I'm, what does that mean? Cannibalism? What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? But get the message that Jesus is bringing. The understanding that he says, I am that bread. I am everything that you ever wanted and imagined when it comes to this life. I am the substance. I am everything you will ever need. I am it. And they didn't get that part. They couldn't handle that part because their their minds are so fixated on grumbling. And yet, every first day of the week, we enjoy the Lord's Supper together with the eye of faith, body of Jesus. You know, there's not trans, transubstantiation. What is that? That's the word. 
that where, where the blood, the body, literally becomes the body. If the bread becomes the body and the, the, the fruit of the vine literally becomes blood, that's not what happens. It's, it's, it's the eye of faith. In the eye of faith, when you partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, it is the body of Jesus by faith, through faith, right? Through the eyes of the believer. This is my public proclamation to the whole world that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And though I eat this bread and die physically, I will live forever. It's my public proclamation. Moving from the physical. Think about this for a moment. Turn to Matthew 26. Moving from the physical to the spiritual. Partaking of the Lord's Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. How, how deep will, does our minds go um, thinking about the idea of what Jesus has done for us? And you get, or is it, you know, the, the Lord's Supper. Is it just, okay, I've, I've got the cracker and I have some, uh, you know, fruit of the vine and some grape juice. I'm just going to just, you know, eat it and drink and think about uh, what I'm doing, my next activity. Or can your mind go deep? And looking at the physical cross, right? Jesus, looking at him and accepting the fact that this is his, this is his body by faith, through the eyes of faith. This is his blood through the eyes of faith. This is my public proclamation to the whole world that I get to go to heaven if I stick with Jesus, right? It's that enjoyment, that excitement, that, that, that fulfillment, he who eats my body shall be satisfied, filled forever. In Matthew 26, in verse 26, uh, And while they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So here he, he has the physical bread and he says, this is my body. Well, obviously it's not his body, but through the eye of faith it is his body. It's his teaching. His teaching says it is my body. So Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. And, and when we worship God, when people ask the question, we don't really have to um, think too much about forsaking the assembly as much as thinking about forsaking of the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Right? Because you can't have worship without that. For the first day of the week, that is our worship. That is the main reason that we come together is for the public proclamation. Not for the sermon, not for the singing, not for the giving, not for the prayers, for the public proclamation. And when they came together to break bread, Acts 20. That's the joy of worship. That's the foundation of worship. Going all the way back to Moses in the days they grumbled and, and then God gave them their sustenance, something to hold them until they died. Something that would be available to them as a gift from God. He would rain it down from heaven and it's our spiritual sustenance. What holds us together, that public proclamation that Jesus Christ is still sitting on the throne, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's our proclamation. That's what every Christian should never want to, um, to miss out on, to forsake, to not be a part of. 
That's the it. Jesus. Right? So Jesus says, I am the, uh, the everything that you can, you can ever want spiritually and the fulfillment and the satisfaction that you could ever have. All of it. Turn back to John, please, again. Chapter 6. The superiority of Christ to the, the manna. And so this is the other thing, too. Um, the transition from that, that, uh, that bread that they, they ate for you know, food, sustenance, to the spiritual food. Although it, we still have a, a, you know, a little, little wafer, if you will. And, but that's not enough. To, he's not talking about that. It's the spiritual message or implication behind the partaking of the Lord's Supper. That's the joy of a Christian fact that Jesus Christ is still alive and he's living in me. Isn't that exciting? Right? I don't want to miss that. So, sometimes, I mean, maybe this is, sounds silly, but sometimes you can't get enough. <laughs> right? You ever, you, ever, you ever been there before? The plate comes around and you try to get a piece and you just don't get enough off. You just want Jesus, right? It's through the eye of faith. We're not literally eating his flesh, but it's the spiritual message that God is presenting and bringing over into our lives today. That's what God wants us to get. But this was a hard saying for so many. They just didn't, they couldn't grasp the idea or the understanding, nor were they willing to even try to understand. Jesus, what are you talking about? You know, it's a lot of times you read the scriptures and Jesus will start teaching. Well, what, do you, what does this mean? They don't, even, they don't even really ask, what does this mean? They just, they're just done. You know, it's a, they just leave, many just walk away and say, I want nothing to do with that. So if you will, over in verse 52 of John chapter uh, 6, the Jews therefore began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Why don't they just ask him? You know, here he stays right there. Right? They argue amongst each other. So it goes on. Jesus just, you know, he goes on. All right, well, here's some more. And Jesus therefore said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me as I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the Father's, ate and died, he who eats this bread shall live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of the disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you should behold the Son of Man ascending in uh, where he was before. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Oh, okay. But they still haven't transitioned yet. They haven't transitioned from the flesh to the Spirit. And Jesus tells them, this, I'm talking spiritual stuff, guys. Don't you get it? And they never asked a question. They didn't say, well, you know, teach us, help us to understand what this, 
what they're saying. What do, what do you mean? We don't, we don't, we don't, we want to understand, Lord. We just don't, we don't, we just don't get it. We don't, we're struggling with this, Lord. But they just didn't believe. They didn't want to believe. So think about that. Think about how many people have read the Bible and um, have read a, a difficult statement in the Scriptures and, and said, I, I just can't do that. I, I've had it many times in, in studies. People just say, I just, I just can't. I, I can't come to Christ. Because what, what about what about my family? I don't, I don't know the answer. I, I don't know that answer. I, I can't. Grandma and Grandpa and those who passed before, and we're not talking about them. I don't know that answer. That's between them and God. But what about you? I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I can't do it. Well, if I have to start doing these things, I just, I just can't. I can't do it. I just don't. They just haven't been able to make that transition. And I wonder how many of us um, are, are still struggling with some of the uh, strong spiritual principles. That Jesus has taught us. That we just don't want to give up. Stuff we don't want to give up. Right? I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up myself. You know, I want it all to be about me still and be a Christian. Can I do that? No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. Right? When you fall in love with Jesus, like our mate, we fall in love with our mate, we, we have to give up some things, right? We give up some things. And if, if you're not willing to give up some things, it's probably not going to work. When you come to Christ, we have to give up some things. It's probably not going to work. Right? Um, look at verse 27, please. Again, Matthew chapter, I mean, John chapter 6. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give to you. For on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. You see how many times Jesus referred to the spiritual? You know, right? I mean, I know he's talking about physics, you know, manna. But when he starts talking about the eating my flesh, prior to that and even after that, he says, this is spiritual, guys. And they still didn't get it because they were through. How many people have done that? You know, how many folks have heard a sermon and somewhere during the sermon, you heard something you didn't like and you were through? (laughs) Just turn the preacher off. Well, now you literally can. (laughs) Click, turn, turn the television off. I wonder who just turned. No, just kidding. Um, but the, but the the point is that we we have to be willing to move from the physical to the spiritual. To fall in love with Jesus, we have to become spiritual minded people. And that's tough. The challenge with that. Uh, James uh, chapter one verse seventeen uh, talks about the goodness of God. How good. God is. Everything that God gives to us is good. This has been another really hard concept. It I, it really shouldn't be. But when you look around the world and you see all the bad stuff, we, we ask ourselves, and people even reason this out, and, and maybe uh, you might want to say, well, we, we ought to debate this out, preacher. That, and that is that every good gift comes from God. Every bad gift comes from Satan. And even self, right? Even Even humanity. Every good thing comes from God. Every bad thing comes from Satan. You know how many Christians struggle with that? 
Well, no, preacher, because you see, God's in charge of the world's souls. So God's in charge of the world. Something bad happens, and God allowed it to happen. Therefore, it's God's fault. <laughs> it's interesting. That's it, an interesting study. But James 1, 17, speaking of God, says, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. In other words, God is not going to be good sometimes and other times bad. God, is, God does not change. God is always good. We say this, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. We don't believe it, though. Not many of us, because many of God's people blame bad things, all bad things on God. Right? And even even to use God's name in a curse word and say, oh my, in a bad way, right? Why don't you just say, oh my, Satan? Right? When it's a bad thing, right? Because he's the cause of it. And we are too. Falling in love with Jesus. To think about all the goodness that comes from Jesus. The bread. Bread. Just good old, go home tonight. Maybe not tonight. But when the next time you eat bread, right? Your next meal will probably include bread. Think about bread. Think about the bread of life. The true bread. The bread that comes down out of heaven. Think about Jesus when you give thanks for that physical, beautiful blessing of bread. John 6 and verse 35. John 6 and verse 35. Falling in love with Jesus means surrendering to, or at least accepting the teachings of Jesus himself. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And so, that leads us into this next thought. We're talking about the great I am. Jesus, I am the great I am. He shall never hunger. He shall never thirst. He should be fully satisfied and taken care of because he has become, through his yearning, his desire for Jesus, enlightened. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Right? Not just the bread. But then he says, I am I am the light. If you've ever been on to a to a dark continent somewhere, um, where you where's I mean it's it gets dark in Alaska, obviously, right? Um, but to be out in the element, to be out in the darkness at night, sleeping in a tent with little protection, and and there there are all kinds of things, animals, you know, reptile, everything wants to eat you and kill you. Out there, and you're in a tent. How vulnerable do you feel? <laughs> and we're in our homes, and and the lights go out because there's a, you know whatever reason. What's the first thing we go to grab? A flashlight, some kind of light, right? A torch. We go to get something to illuminate the area because we don't like the darkness. Right? We don't like the darkness at all because because we know that darkness is associated with fear and danger, right? You know. Uh, it's associated with everything you can think of of being lost and alienation and shadows and darkness is just dark and eerie and no one likes the darkness. You know, God made us that way. He made us to, to physically, in our minds, psychologically understand and know that we do not like the darkness. We can live in the darkness. We don't have the vision that animals have when it comes to the darkness, but well, we have some vision in the darkness. I'm talking about that real darkness, right? Um, d- 
dark, dark. No, no street lights, just dark. And it's a little bit different walking in the dark <laughs> than it is walking in the light. And yet, physically, we don't like it. Should I go over to the spiritual? But spiritually speaking, it doesn't bother most of us. It doesn't bother us to take a trip to the dark side. Right? It's okay. It's not as bad, see, because there's the spiritual light of Jesus. As bright as ever, as bright as the sun. And you go, there's the light. And then we turn the light off <laughs> and venture over in the darkness and say, you know, my wife and I were talking tonight, coming to, coming here, you know. How many of us try to make God fit into our own little box and say, you know, God, you have to accept me as I am and accept what I want and my desires, and that's good. And But, but that's darkness o- over there, the stuff that I... Jesus says, I came to enlighten the world, to bring to you everything you desire, everything you want. You want daylight. Right, one of the one of the great blessings when you talk to people in the world, and when you say, "Yeah, we get we get quite a bit of darkness." There's, yeah, I heard that place in Alaska. It's a lot of darkness, and but I hear about the summertime. You guys have like all this light. Well, I don't know if I can get used to it going to sleep, but I would love to be in all that light. What about the spiritual light? Right, light brings this idea of joy and fellowship, and safety, direction purpose and you, you can name the rest. John 9 please verse 39 Jesus is talking and we're going to look at this. We're going to run out of time tonight um, but if you'll read uh, John 9 we're going to come back to John 9 um, later in this in this study. But I want to go to verse 39 for, uh, for tonight. We still have some time. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see that those who see may become blind. I just want to talk about spiritual enlightenment. What happens when when God opens your eyes? Well, you're studying the Word of God and, and He opens your eyes and you see something. Maybe, maybe you, you've been a Christian for Sometime and you go, you know, I always wondered what that meant. I read that over and over again. Never, now I get it. It's like so, so exciting. But what about the other side? Where when, when I have placed my soul in spiritual jeopardy and I have been in the darkness, but I hadn't recognized it. You know, it's like a slow drift. I just kind of. I just, I ended up over there. I mean, I, intentionally, I mean, I ended up over there and it became so comfortable for me and to me. That I didn't realize how, how much darkness I was in. I, I knew I was in the darkness, but, and then when, when the illumination, when the light comes on, when the, and you see yourself for who you are, how does that make you feel? What does that, what does that compel your heart to do, to want to do? I think we've all been there, you know. We've, we've all been there because we all find ourselves being tempted with our own lust, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the fle- uh, flesh, and the bolts of pride of life. And, we've, and we put ourselves in a dark spot. 
And, and, when, and when, when God enlightens you and you recognize what you've done and where you are, it's like David, hopefully, when he had gone off with Bathsheba. And he, he never sought God out, did he? I mean, he knew he was going into the darkness, right? But he never sought, he never sought God out. And even when, even when Nathan comes along and starts preaching to him, he still doesn't see it. And finally, when the light comes on, well, before the light comes on, he's angry and frustrated. And when the light comes on, he starts thinking, I deserve to die. By my own words, right? And sadly, for many of us, the light just doesn't come on, right? Brother, Jesus... To, to love Jesus means you have to, you have to love the light. We we have to love to, to be in the light, to allow God to expose me for who I really am. Right? That's kind of scary, right? Start pointing out to me, you know, Tony. But I love the fact that He points the me out to me. And then it says, what are you going to do about that? I am the light. So when you read the Word of God, this letter that God has written to us, this book that God has written to us, when you read it and you, and you really ask God, show me, me. It's amazing what God reveals to you. Sometimes you wonder, boy, is that really me? <laughs> but wow, thank you, God, for enlightenment. That was a big word way back when uh, in the ancients, you know, the idea of being enlightened. You know, when you get back to the Maccabees, uh, 167 uh, B.C., and, and then you go back, way, way, way back to be enlightened. Often I dealt with idolatry, coming out of idolatry or going into idolatry. Then it later came into uh, the religious world uh, of our world today, of, of today, um, where it was to be enlightened. It meant you had this this, this new revelation that came from God. It's not a mystical thing I'm talking about. We're talking about reading the Word of God and allowing Jesus to talk to you personally about you. I want to look at John 8 and verse 12 before we close, and we'll come back Lord willing, uh, and, and pick this up. John 8 and verse 12. And again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. So, imagine, I'm following Jesus. And then, I leave the light. And I follow myself. And I find myself in darkness. But I can see the light. Am I ready to come to the light? Or come back to the light? And so that's a question for you tonight. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, we encourage you to contact us, communicate with us. Um, you know, believing His Word, having repentance in your heart, uh, having godly sorrow, um, being willing to confess His name. Come to the light. Be baptized, immersed in Jesus. We have water always ready. It's ready tonight for those who are here tonight. It's always ready. 
for the child of God that's struggling, if you're struggling in your, your walk of faith, contact us. You know, we if you need prayers made in your behalf, made for you, uh, we'll we'll do that. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Uh, or, or contact someone that is a member of the body of Christ that they might pray with you or pray for you. Make the wrongs right. Get out of the darkness and get into Jesus. Or, I'll close by saying this, get out of self and get into Christ. The lesson is yours. Thank you so very much for your time this evening. We appreciate it. In a moment, we'll have a, a devotional and uh, thoughts and um, we just and some announcements and we praise God for your attendance. Thank you very much. God bless each of you.